Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Inches Podcast, the podcast that looks at sports sponsorship, event sponsorship, and how digital is affecting the industry. I'm your co-host, Nick Lawson, co-founder of a company called Squad. We're helping sports teams and events connect fans to sponsors digitally through digital activation. As always with me, Rich Franklin, the Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships for the Coachella Valley Firebirds and Oakview Group. I think that's the first time, Rich, that I got that right in the, in the first go. So I, I'm adjusting to uh, I'm adjusting to the the new title and position. Yeah, good. Well, that makes two of us that are uh, you know getting uh, getting adjusted to the new title. <laughs> Absolutely. Every 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 now and again, somebody will say, "What's your title again?" And I'll be, "Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, where am I now?" So, <laughs> no, I think I think you got that all correct. Yeah, I think everybody in sports who has who has jumped teams, um, I'm sure, has old business cards and jumps back into that as well. Um, but yeah, excited for exactly. excited for today's topic. Um, got a great report out there by sponsor uh, United. Um, and if you don't know who they are, they're basically a sales CRM system for sponsorship. Uh, kind of think Salesforce, but for sponsorship deals. So they have a lot of great. Uh, data and insights that they just shared in their 2021 sponsorship year in review. And just going through it, was looking through, and one thing that really stood out to me was category spend. And what they did was they kind of broke down for the major pro sports. So we're talking NFL, NHL, NBA, MLS, and Major League Baseball. I know a lot of us work in quote-unquote minor league teams. Um, So obviously these numbers might not be as high, but great data around what brands are spending the most within sports sponsorship. And today what I wanted to do, because when I first looked at this, my sponsorship brain went into, okay, how do I use this information to maximize my prospecting time, but also maybe deal size? Um, So I'll kind of throw it to you, Rich, looking at how much, how, I guess, how would you build a strategy around looking at how much people spend within sports sponsorship and is there a way or should there be a strategy to say hey for example financial um, services category spends over half a billion in sports sponsorship should you be spending more time with financial than let's say you know automotive who's only 291 million which is the sixth place yeah well uh the, the, the quick answer is yes uh, you, you do need to, to be aware of and be spending time with those categories that are uh, spending the most in, in sponsorships, whether that's a sports sponsorship, a venue sponsorship, uh, whatever it is. But it's, it's also only kind of half of the equation. I think the, the other half of the equation that you have to look at is not only what are the categories that are spending on sports uh, sponsorships, but also within those sponsorships, what are the assets that are being invested in and how well is your team, your sport, your league set up to deliver those particular assets? Uh, you know, we've talked an awful lot in the past about the shift towards digital and the fact that, that there's a lot of money that's being, uh, set aside specifically for digital activations and digital assets. And the nice thing about digital is, you know, you don't really need to be 
you know, the NFL to have a robust digital um, inventory and to deliver digital assets uh, to to your sponsors. Now, you know, obviously there's going to be some difference in in the numbers of people that are utilizing it. But overall, if you take a look at, at digital, you know, there's there's no reason why any size team can't have some sort of, of digital um, representation and digital assets at, at your, for your use to include in your sponsorship deals. Now where, where some smaller teams and smaller leagues may, uh, you know, run into some challenges is if you're looking at certain categories and seeing that, okay, in the big four sports, there's an awful lot of money being spent on say television. And you may not have uh, the the wherewithal to have your games televised. Maybe you're doing some things kind of along those lines with with streaming. But um, you know, as far as you know, mass reach network deals like the National Football League or the NBA or or uh, other of the big four sports, um, you know, you may not have that that ability. So I think when you're in prospecting. To, to kind of circle back to your initial question, you do have to look at the categories that are spending money because that helps you prioritize, um, you know, which categories you're going to choose to pursue. But you also need to think about two things. Number one, do I have the assets that these particular advertisers or sponsors are looking to purchase? Number one. And number two, everybody's going to be going after these people. So depending on where you are in kind of your local uh, or regional pecking order, you might also want to consider, uh, am I better off going after maybe a less crowded category, but that's kind of up to you based on your individual um, circumstances to figure out. But overall, I would say, yeah, you, you, you do want to pursue categories where there is some significant spending but a little bit of an asterisk there is you need to also take a look at, at within those sponsorships, what are the assets and how well are you positioned to be able to deliver the assets that those particular categories want to purchase. And I think, you know, the intriguing part of what you just brought up there with the assets, because you're, you're totally right. That's, that's a huge thing that, uh, that brings context is, you know, I'm looking at this and financial companies, average per total team is $4.4 million spent, right? So obviously that's just average. But if I'm a minor league team and I'm looking at that and I'm saying, look, let's say Chime or SoFi is spending $4.4 million per major pro sports team, what are they spending on? What's most important to them? And can I build assets to actually kind of fight for those dollars, right? And say, hey, look, yeah. if I'm in Portland, Oregon, and um, gosh, I don't, I don't know who the Blazers, I guess it would be Wells Fargo. Um, the Blazers Bank is a financial institution and they should be getting 4.4 million. How do I go get that piece of that by offering things that either the NBA team is not offering or I'm just better at offering it? Maybe... Look, lead yeah. generation is huge. Financial, you know, we work with a few banks, so financial literacy is also huge for them as well. So to your point, it's not necessarily of, hey, look, financial is spending the most. Let's just go into sales blitz and try to sell them signs because as we've talked about in this podcast, that's not a winning strategy, right? You need to know where you can be beneficial 
And I think assets come a huge, become a huge part of that to say, how am I going to grab their attention so that, you know, hopefully instead of 4.4 million they're spending with this NBA team, it's 4 million. And now that 400,000 is coming, you know, directly into my pocket. Yeah. Well, and that's where you can also take a look at it and say, you know, is this, what, what does this campaign look like that they're spending $4.4 million on? I mean, is it, is it purely branding or is it other, um, you know, types of messaging? <clears throat> Again, what are the assets? I mean, you, you look at a great big deal and it's like, okay, uh, how much of that is like entitlement? I mean, are they paying for a, a club level sponsorship or a venue naming rights sponsorship that maybe you don't have that arrow in your, in your quiver to be able to, to offer to that particular partner. Uh, similarly, you know, if, if they're spending $4.4 million with say an NBA team and you are a minor league hockey team, or you're a minor league baseball team, or you're a college, uh, uh, a, a smaller, uh, college sports program, uh, you know, are you really able to deliver that enough value to justify that investment? And, you know, that's for you to figure out, but chances are, uh, you know, if you were in one of those, those, uh, categories that I just described, you know, you're not going to be able to deliver as, as much as, uh, as an NBA team anyway. So I think the key is, as I say, you know, okay, fine. You're aware of this category. You're aware that say financial services and banks is a, is a very popular category, but then you got to ask yourself, okay, what am I good at? What, what are my, are, are my asset strengths? within my organization. Um, I don't necessarily have to deliver more people, but the people that I do deliver, I need to be able to really engage and, and uh, whether that's, you know, through, um, you know, registering for a contest and then doing a follow-up retargeting campaign and things like that, where, and, and, and to use the a phrase that I've used before, it's not so much about counting the people you reach. It's about reaching the people that count. And sometimes there's a case that you can make for, yeah, I'm not as big as these other guys, but the audience that I have, it's pretty decent and I can do a really, really good job of connecting with them. So, you know, sometimes you got to take a look at, at what you are and what you aren't uh, when you're doing some prospecting and, and try to find that good fit between you know, who, who's in that category that already has a partnership and then who's in that category that maybe doesn't have a partnership and is looking and, you know, do your research and say, Hey, these are the things that, that my team, my sport does very, very well. And then lead with those assets. Because again, depending on, on who you are, uh, how big your sport is, how big your team is, uh, you're not going to walk into that, uh, uh, person's office or hop on that zoom call and say, Oh yeah, we can, we can out deliver what you're doing over here. You don't want to make it a commodity anyway. You want to talk about what you do well, how well you deliver results and use that as your lead. And then, you know, again, knowing that certain categories have more money to spend on these, uh, uh, types of, of sponsorships and partnerships, you know, make sure you're going after, uh, several of the players in that in that category, but again, uh, think about what 
how they're spending their money, what types of assets they're using, what your team or your sport or your league or your event is good at, and then emphasize the differences and, and use that to, to justify the investment that you're asking for. Yeah. And kind of to that, <clears throat> kind of to that point too, of, I, I'm also very intrigued on the geo, the geography of it. Right. Just because, I mean, as we look at financial, obviously you, in, in the history of sports sponsorship, you usually went after your local bank, right. And Hey, your bank is here. We have branches. Therefore, we want to sponsor this. I mean, to a large extent, that's totally changing with, you know, companies like Chime, who spends a lot within sports sponsorship. They don't really have any banks. I mean, it's all done digitally. For you, as you kind of look at this and prospecting in today's world, how much does like regional presence matter toward looking at some of these categories, considering that so many companies are, are going digital and it's less, I guess, location-based and where they're spending yeah. their dollars. Again, I think, I think that, that the answer to that is, is um, you know, how regional-based are you, are you? How regional-based or local-based is your team? Um, you know, if, if you are a smaller team with a decent regional footprint, um, a big national uh, you know, online banking uh, opportunity may not be the right fit because they're looking for big nationwide reach. And if you don't have big nationwide reach, I mean, yeah, maybe you're in a key market for them for whatever reason. Maybe the you know CEO grew up in in that town. But I think generally speaking, uh, if you have a smaller team, smaller sport with a more local or regional um, uh, type of, of appeal and reach, you need to match up, uh, with sponsors that are kind of in the same situation. Again, uh, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense if, if you're just a local or regional play to go after a big, big nationwide brand, unless there's some sort of, a of a, of a fit there that, that makes sense. Otherwise, if you're a local or regional, um, uh, team with local regional draw, you probably ought to go after local regional sponsors. And that, I mean, that almost opens it up to the reason why you should be, if you have the resources looking to open up that footprint, right. Of you don't just have to be in this area, right? Like in today's world, especially let's say in the world of, of minor league hockey for the winter Hawks, they have players that go all around the NHL and can build up that growth. So, I mean, I used to always love, and it still happens right now with, I think, Seth Jarvis is over at the Hurricanes, to where the Winterhawks interact with the Hurricanes constantly, right? So now on social media. So now if you really thought about that and built in some ways, either partnering with the Hurricanes or just doing it with yourself, you could actually grow your presence within people within Carolina and – allow you to open that up even more. So I think to your point, you know, hopefully your team has regional presence. I mean, that's just kind of the backbone of, you know, your team, uh, your team's reach. But if you have the ability to open that up even more, especially as a minor league hockey team, to your point about, Hey, what are you and what aren't you? Right. We don't have a million followers, but 
our 500,000 followers are diverse across the board, and we actually have a national reach, which is something that probably to the brand you wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. And, and you know, you can look at that as a way that you can, you know, bump up your, your viewership numbers or your engagement numbers and things along those lines. Um, but like I said, I still think the best way to approach it is, you know, if you're a, if you're a team or a sport with nationwide reach, you're going to be going out after those nationwide brands. If you're more local regional reach, go after those local and regional brands. Yeah, exactly. Last piece in question to this <clears throat> number 15 is quick service restaurants. Uh, they're spending according to this 796,000 per and per big pro sport team kind of on that does that deter you and, and, and again your answer might be hey it matters what's in your region but does that deter you to stay away from any of the bottom ones if you're kind of looking at this and saying hey there's probably not a lot of spend there i shouldn't spend a lot of my time effort prospecting into the maybe the bottom four just because historically they haven't spent within a large amount within sports sponsorship yeah, I, I, it, it wouldn't deter me, um, and the reason why is because I think that QSR for a a local and regional team or event, there's there's a lot of good opportunities there uh, to really move the needle on sales because you're not talking about doing some big nationwide branding type of a campaign, and a lot of times when you're when you're talking to you know, a local or, or regional QSR sponsor prospect, oftentimes that conversation begins with a local business owner or a local franchisee who, you know, is looking to help direct some funds your way. Maybe they're already, you know, putting, putting dollars into a, a, um, an advertising fund. And part of that is going to, you know, going towards those big nationwide campaigns which, you know, sure, that's going to that's gonna help him to, to a certain degree. But, but he or she is also wanting to maybe generate a little bit of local excitement. And, and if there's an opportunity to tie in with the local team, maybe you've got players uh, coming out and, and doing an appearance, uh, working the drive-through or something along those lines, I think that there's still um, some good ways to... to um, to approach those, those brands, uh, you know, in the, in the category of QSR these days, obviously a lot of it is going towards online ordering and things like that. So I think if your team, uh, has an app, that'd be a great place to, to put them, uh, you know, maybe tie in with some, uh, some timely, uh, uh, push notifications and, and some, Maybe, uh, you know, in venue uh, PA announcements saying, hey, don't forget right now, uh, you know, order your, your burger for pickup on the way home, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that there's some, some good ways that you can approach that particular category with some good uh, local activation opportunities uh, that uh, your, your local franchisee might, might see the actual uh, needle mover a little bit or, or at least you're able to say to them, Hey, here's some measurable response. You know, we got X number of click throughs. So we know that this, this type of campaign is working. Yeah. And I think the, the flip side of that is I'm also curious. I mean, it, 
if I were to see this and see, okay, hey, quick service restaurants only spend seven ninety six thousand per team, how do I get them to spend more? Right? I'm I'm almost curious as to is that just because they don't have as much, you know, spending power or dollars, or am I just not servicing them correctly? Because to your point, especially on the digital side, a lot of stuff we've worked on, we've actually opened up more revenue because we figured out their needs, had a great campaign toward a digital contest that helps them reach those needs and opened up more dollars. Do you see that as part of the equation as well of looking at, hey, I'm looking at these bottom 10, I'm curious why the average spend is so small and what can I do to kind of increase that spend as well? Yeah, yeah, well, and, and again, depending on your circumstances, I mean, that that spend may actually be quite large for, uh, you know, for your particular team. So, uh, you know, just bear in mind, it's all kind of relative there. But yeah, you I mean, you hit the nail on the head, uh, Nick, when you say that it's really about finding the needs um, and that's something that, that you, you want to be able to, to do, um, you know, sometimes you need to be willing to sit down with a client and say, look, I've got this whole list of, of opportunities here. You know, here's the, here's the rate card, but let's forget about the rate card for a second. Let's talk about, you know, what your specific needs are. Let's talk about what you've done before that worked or didn't work. Let's take a look at what's happening um, you know, with other teams and other sports and other leagues and other parts of the, of the country, you know, and see if there's a, an idea that would be a good fit for you that, you know, maybe you haven't tried before, but would, would seem on the surface to make a lot of sense. I think anytime that you can, you know, no matter what it is that you're selling, uh, whether it's a sports sponsorship or printing services or whatever, anytime that you can, you know, build that relationship and, and let that customer know that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do the very best for you here based on, on what your specific needs are, not what my rate card says. Uh, you know, bearing in mind, as I've said many a time, people buy stuff from people that they like and trust. And I think that's part of building up the trust is just to be able to sit down with that prospect, no matter what the category is, and say, hey, look, I got a whole bunch of opportunities here, but you know, let's talk about really what your needs are and, and, and maybe do some things that uh, aren't necessarily tried and true, at least not in this market and do some things that really help you stand out. Yeah. Makes it. I mean, that's, I think that's the, the key as we move forward here in sponsorship is that I feel like a, a lot of times we've been, we've looked at rate cards. We've looked at signage today's modern sponsorship and honestly is how sales is in general and should be is, Hey, you're trying to reach a goal. I'm telling you I can reach that goal with your fans. What's that goal? How can we kind of work together to find something yeah. that's going to reach that? And I think yeah. no matter yeah. how much they're spending, that's going to increase your spend no matter what. It almost takes these numbers and throws them out just because if you do that, it doesn't matter the average spend. You should increase that because you're bringing more value and context to the partnership. Yeah. And I, and I think that anytime that you can talk about, you know, not just here's what I got, you know, what do you want to buy, but more, look here, you know, let's let's help help me understand what success looks like. Tell me what would make you happy as far as measurable results, uh, you know, that that is going to make you feel like this partnership is 
is a wise investment of your dollars. And then let's work it backwards. And we've, we've discussed before about the importance of taking anything out that does not directly address the, the need of the partner and does not directly help you deliver the desired result. Anything else is fluff. And, you know, maybe, maybe you, you, you want to sell it. Maybe your boss wants you to sell it, but ultimately it's, it's got to work for the, for the customer, for the client. And, you know, that's where you really have to say, you know, let's look at what success looks like first, and then let's design this partnership uh, in reverse almost uh, to make sure that we're using the right assets. But again, at the end of the day, to, to kind of put a bow on, on this discussion here, as far as, you know, looking at the dollars that are being spent and I've, I've used this phrase before, you know, why did the guy rob the bank? Because that's where the money was. So, you know, you definitely want to know where the money is, not only in current, uh, categories and historical categories like automotive and financial, but also up and coming categories. Maybe a, a category that wasn't even on the radar two, three, five years ago is suddenly a big category now. And, and that's where you always want to be keeping an eye on, on what's happening in the industry, uh, seeing those success stories and saying, okay, uh, what's the opportunity for me here in my market? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks for so much for uh, all those insights. If people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Well, if you're uh, accessing uh, the old Inches podcast here via LinkedIn, uh, I am also here on LinkedIn. The name again is Rich Franklin, Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships for Oakview Group, Coachella Valley Arena, and the Coachella Valley Firebirds of the American Hockey League. Or if you want to just bypass uh, the LinkedIn and you just want to email me directly, my email address is rfranklin at oakviewgroup.com. And I'm Nick Lawson. You're probably seeing this on LinkedIn, so connect with me. As always, we do every week. Send us your questions, topics. We would love to hear uh, more about what you're diving into and struggles that you have so we can chat about it. So shoot us those uh, comments, questions, uh, topics that you'd like us to cover Uh, And we'd be happy to jump into those. But thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in this week. Remember, keep pushing those limits within sports sponsorship. 